Right to be read podcast, episode number 82. Interview with Julie Shuranosher. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book, especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the First 100 Copies of Your Book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www.authormarketinginstitute.com. You are listening to the Right to Be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast. I'm your host, Ani Alexander, and I'm really happy that you're listening to me right now. And today I have a very special episode because my guest is one of my dear friends, Julie Shiranosher. She was a captain in the army and had absolutely no choice but to get really good with time management. And she found out that she has a talent for understanding people's needs and routines and matching them with custom-tailored time management systems that work for them. So eventually she quit the army and became a time hacker, helping highly successful entrepreneurs to reach the next level. And right now she has a blog, a very successful podcast, a book and a whole bunch of happy clients. Today I asked Julie to come over so we can find out how we can hack the time in order to make time for writing and make sure that we write every day and no longer get the excuse of not having time for that. Well, hello, Julie. Welcome to the Right to Be Right podcast. I'm really happy to finally having you here. Hey, Annie. Thank you for having me. Well, Julie is uh, the only time hacker I know personally. <laughs> and somehow the term time hacker for me sounds like a ghostbuster or something like that. So you're a superwoman for me, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, can we just briefly try to understand uh, what is time hacking and how did you get to this? Because, I mean, I'm sure nowhere in school or university people study that. Yes, sure. Um, So time hacking is kind of, I come from the world of computer science. This is my education. This is my degree. This is what I used to work for when I worked for uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. I spent quite a lot of years in the army. And I, when, I, when I try to think of a name for this method to manage time, the only word that came to mind was hacking because basically this is how it was born. So to really shorten my story because I really think that there are more important things that we can discuss on this podcast, I worked a lot of hours in the army. I worked 16 to 18 hours every single day. Everything was super important. Like I couldn't say, well, this is not important. This is yes, important because it was a matter of national security, every single task. So I found myself working a lot of hours. I found myself enjoying working this amount of hours. And then one day uh, my health just snapped. I broke my back 
literally, I herniated one disc and then three months later, two more. And I was told by my doctors, by my physicians that unless I start working four hours a day maximum tops, unless I start doing that, I will reach the age of 30 in a wheelchair, which um, was pretty severe. It was pretty harsh. It was probably one of the scariest things I've ever heard. And I had to find a way to cram 18 hours of work into four because I could not resign. I was bound by a contract that in order for me to get out of, I had to continue working there for another two years, which was the exact time that I had left on my contract. So that was kind of redundant. Um, My commanders, my bosses, they were very pleased with my job. They did not want to find someone else to replace me, especially that um, they, I just came to this job. Uh, So I had no choice. I had to take 18 hours and cram them into four. And the system that I developed that helped me do that is what I teach right now is time hacking. The whole the sole purpose of time hacking is to create time management system that works for you. Uh, I tried a lot of things. You're looking at a time management apprentice that failed oh so many times. Like I could be the poster girl for failing with managing time before I found time hacking. I tried everything from GTD and reversing my entire world and my entire systems to fit this method to... um, Chronodex, which I actually really love, to Pomodoro, every single method that there is out there, I tried at some point in my life. And while some worked better, most of them did not stick. I always found that I'm coming back to my lifestyle and to my habits and to what works for me until one day I realized that I can't change myself. I am who I am. I have too much in my life to start changing everything just to wrap around a a certain system of time management. And I started hacking my own time management. I started finding ways in which I can be more productive and focus on the important things and do them faster, quicker, better uh, that work for me. And with time, what happened was that I became really good at reading people so I could suggest to them what they should change or how they can wrap their heads around time management so it will work for them with their lives and their lifestyles. And this is what I do now. So time hacking is all about finding how time can work for you instead of the other way around. Okay, so interesting. It means that it kind of, you know, the, the life circumstances made you get into this and uh, it was, I mean, usually we end up having people who follow their passion and here we end up having you getting in a situation which required you to get this skill and now um, you're good at not only doing it for yourself but also you're helping others uh, kind of hack the time and make sure that they have they manage it efficiently yes uh, I'm a big believer in if you know if you know something that can help others then share it Um, because I know what it feels like to be completely overwhelmed and completely and utterly lost because this is how I felt for months. Um, I felt like I'm failing every single day because I was I would come to my job and I had all these important things that I just couldn't do because I didn't have enough time and I couldn't work from home because obviously it's... Uh, Mm-hmm. No internet access to uh, confidential materials from the Israeli yeah. army. <laughs> so yeah. if I'm not if I'm not at my desk, if I'm not in my office, I can't work, and I have only four hours. And I used to go to sleep every single night feeling like an utter and complete failure. And if there is one person out there 
that I can prevent from feeling this way, if there's one person that I can help feel that they're a success the way that I felt once I started doing that, then it's a win for me. Yeah, and amazing. I, I just can't imagine like so many uh, hours, the differences between uh, how many hours you worked and how many hours like you, you, you just did the same thing in four hours only. So it means that there's so much space in terms time-wise to kind of get more efficient and use the time uh, much, much better. It's unbelievable. It's, it's really, it really is unbelievable when I tell, I run a course right now about daily planning. And one of the promises that I make when I sell the course is that people who do this course and listen to the lectures and do their assignments, they're going to double their productivity. And usually when people read this on my page, they, they go, huh, really? That's kind of a big promise. But seriously, you could improve your productivity 10 times, 15 times more, 20 times more, 50 times more. It's all a matter of how much you're willing to step away from your ego and step away from what you've been told all your life and look at the situation as raw material that you can play with. Okay, so we're talking about big changes and changes in habits most probably as well, right? I don't believe in changing habits, actually. I don't believe in that. I, I think we're all, all people that come to me are grown-ups. I'm not dealing with teenagers. I'm not dealing with uh preschool kids. We are all adults. We have jobs. We have families. We have responsibilities. We have soccer duties. Uh, we need to cook. We need to go grocery shopping. We have doctor's appointments. Uh, this is not going to change. The only thing that can change is the way that we look at it and how we prioritize it. And it always comes down to having clarity, having focus and having priority. Ah, okay, I see. Well, let's let's in that case just discuss a situation where I mean, I'm sure that you've you've heard these thousands and thousands of times when people say that they don't have time, and there are many things that they would like to do, but unfortunately they can't because they don't have the time for it. So uh, I'm dealing with many newbie writers who are supposed to write every single day, and of course, as you said, we all have families, we have uh, all have different responsibilities and the time isn't something we have a lot. So let's say someone wants to squeeze in one to two hours uh, in a day for the writing specifically. How should one start? I mean, what are the very first steps that one should take in order to make sure that he's got those two hours in his life, in, the, in his day? Well, first, if you look at uh, the number two hours compared to the 24 that we get in a day, it's quite a big part. It's quite a mm -hmm. big leap. It means that this person will have to not do other things that they usually do in those two hours because, as you know, you can't, in, you can't add up more time. You can't have 26 hours in a day. You have only 24. And unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, no, be, not unfortunately, because if we could just add and add and add, we would never have to face the reality of what's really important. We would just keep working and working and working until we would burn out. Um, so I think that the first step would be to to crawl away from that really aspiring number of two hours and start smaller. Start with half an hour and build up to two hours in a matter of a month. And here's how you do it. So as, you, as we mentioned, um, time is something that most of us don't have. Well, it's not completely true. Um, we, we always say that time is just like money. Uh, the only difference is that if you 
lose money, you can always earn it back. But if you lose time, you can never get it back. Well, it's one way of looking at it, which I don't approve of. The other way to look at it is that every single day you get 24 hours no matter what. Nobody is giving you money for free. At, mm-hmm. at least at least uh, from where I come from. If any of you <laughs> listeners out there know someone who's willing to give me just money freely, just please email me to j at imjulie.com. I would love to meet that person. <laughs> no one's giving you money, but every single day you get 24 hours, no matter what you did with the previous ones. It doesn't matter if you managed it well or not, you get a new fresh start. And this is what I want you to focus on. It doesn't matter if up until now you couldn't squeeze even 10 minutes of writing a day and now you want two hours. Focus on the time that you get right now. If you can do it better than yesterday today, then you can do it even better tomorrow. And if not, you have another day to try. So this is what I want you, where I want you to start. The second thing that you need to know is that there is no such thing as I don't have time. Time is not something that you have. Time is something that you make. If you want something to happen, you need to make time for it. And you make time by deciding that this block of time is going to be dedicated to A. Now, how do you actually do it? I mean, it's easier said than done. So what I want you to do, everyone at ha- at, ho- at your homes, whatever you're doing right now, unless you're driving, in, in which way, please do it when you get home or to your office. But everyone else who is not driving or operating any heavy machinery, please take a piece of paper and a pen and write down the following questions. Question number one, what are my responsibilities in at work and at home. So every project that you're a part of, everything that you need to do, meetings with clients, everything that you have to be a part of and you cannot wiggle your way out of it goes into this list. Answer this question. The second question that I want you to answer is, what are the habits that I want to have? Meaning, if you want to go to the gym three times a week, you need three hours plus commute time a week for that. Write it down. Decide which block of time you're willing to spare for this thing. And then when you see it and you say, okay, so let's say that you have 30 minutes of commute time to your gym and you want three one-hour sessions at the gym. That means that you need six hours a week for the gym. Mm-hmm. Six hours is a whole lot of time. It's a huge amount of time, but it's your health. So you need to decide what's more important, another TV show Another, another trip with your kids, perhaps, another extra hour at the office, another writing session, or your health in the gym. These are hard choices, but unless you have everything on paper and you know what you are choosing from, you can never make the right choice. So until now, you have two lists, one list of things that you that are your responsibilities. And the second one is the list of your habits. By the way, writing should go in the second list because you want to create a habit of writing daily. So unless you wrote it down already, please add it there and write at least 30 minutes. You want to dedicate at least 30 minutes for writing every day. That is, if you're indeed an aspiring author. The third list that you want to to write down is all the things that you wish you had time for. This is where it gets interesting because up till now, you listed only the things that you have to do, the things that you don't have a choice. But remember how people say that when they get older, they remember all the things that they didn't do? 
This is where you write them down. This is where you write down the trip to Tahiti. This is where you write down、uh, backpacking in Europe. This is where you write down learn horseback riding. This is where you write down every single thing that you wish you had time for. Once you have these three lists, you know everything that's on your plate. You have complete clarity regarding the things that you can be doing in your day. And what you do now. Is every single evening or every single morning, whatever suits you, whenever you are at your most sharp and on edge, I want you to look at your day, look at the habits that you wrote down, and start putting blocks on your schedule. And I want you to have a block of thirty minutes of writing for every single day of the upcoming week. This is thirty minutes that you are putting away your phone, that you. Don't have your internet connection. You can write in Notepad. You can write in the text editor. You don't need internet. You don't need those distractions. This is when you tell your spouse and your family and your kids, if you're doing this at home, honey, I need thirty minutes to be uninterrupted. Don't ask me about groceries. Don't ask me if I fixed, if I mowed the lawn or fixed the faucet. This is these thirty minutes are your own. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it at any other place, if you find that you can't create a surrounding that allows you to do the just thirty minutes of writing uninterrupted, go outside. Don't be around the people that can interrupt you. Don't allow interruptions. It's up to you. Turn off your Wi-Fi. Turn off your cell phone. Turn everything off. Leave a message on your voice machine telling, "Hey, this is Jack. I'm busy right now. I'll be back at you in thirty minutes or less. Bye." Beep. That's it. It's up to you. There's a saying that says, "If you don't like something, change it because you're not a tree." Well, this is kind of how it works here. When we say that we don't have time for something, we're actually saying that we'd never prioritize it over something else. And it's okay to find out once you have the three lists of clarity that you have too many things on your plate and. You can't find the power to say that you're not gonna do one of them. It's okay if you find out that you are not willing to go to the gym only twice a week and use the rest of the time to write. It's okay, but you need to understand that this is your choice. You're not a victim here. You are the man in charge. You decide what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. This is your choice. And once you under a, once you understand that this is your choice, choosing becomes a lot easier, because、mm-hmm. it's not like there is a man that will tell you, "Oh, you made the wrong choice, Jack." No, you are the man telling yourself what's right and what's wrong, and you can always change it. As I as I, where I started was that you get twenty new twenty four hours every single day. So if you found out that. After a week, you feel worse because you didn't go to that gym three times a week, but only two times, and and you didn't do it because, <clears throat> excuse me, because you had to use that time for writing. Well, for the upcoming week, you can decide that you're taking this time not from your gym sessions, but from reading a book, or from watching TV, or you ask your vo- your wife to postpone those chores that you were supposed to do. You find a way. To do it, unless you decided it's less important than mowing the lawn, going to the gym, or reading a book, or watching TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, what you're doing is you're mapping out, getting the clear picture of everything that you're supposed to do, and or and then you end up prioritizing and choosing one over the other, right? Uh, right. Only in, in here, it's not like you go and prioritize your entire list because we're working on. 
producing time for a specific task. So you start by finding time for this task. Before you start planning your day, before you put your meetings and whatever it is on your calendar, you put 30 minutes of writing. And it won't budge and it won't move no matter what happens. Imagine that this is something that usually when we have appointments or tasks that don't involve other people, we feel kind of free to toss them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's only us because we don't feel uncomfortable going to someone else and telling him, hey, Bob, you know, man, I'm sorry. I know that we scheduled it like two months ago, but I can't make it. Sorry, mate. It's uncomfortable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I hate doing that. I hate coming to people after we set something up on my schedule and telling you, you know what? Can't do it. Can't make it. Like I will literally turn everything around to make that session because I promised someone else. Well, you know what? If you can't do it with yourself, if you can't do it with your writing, that's not a problem. Find Mm -hmm. someone who can be your accountability buddy. They don't need to know what it is that you're doing. They don't even need to know that you're writing. But you you will tell them, hey, Midge, be my accountability buddy. What it means is that every day at 5 p.m., I will text you, Midge, I've done so and so minutes of my task. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 120 minutes, whatever it is that you decide. And unless I send you this text, Midge, you need to call me at 5 p.m. and ask me, hey, Jack, what's up? Mm -hmm. You need to feel uncomfortable. Okay, find someone who will make you feel uncomfortable. It can be your wife. It can be your kid if they're old enough. It can be a friend. It can be your parent, a sibling, anyone in the world. They don't need to know what you're doing. They just need to know that they're doing you a favor by paying attention to something that it's hard for you to do. Okay, I see. And um, you mentioned about um, completely taking you off um, any possible distractions during that time. And I was just wondering that there are many people who kind of talk about productivity and multitasking and things like that. And it's something I I don't feel very comfortable about. So what's your views on multitasking? And are there any occasions where it's it's good to to do or you know uh, how are your your views on that i'll be completely honest with you whenever i coach a client the first thing that we learn is that there is no such thing as multitasking because multitasking is basically doing more things slower Uh uh-huh it's like people say well my computer can do several things at once well yes but it doesn't do them really parallelly unless it has X amount of brain. So as long as you have only one brain, there's only one task that, that you can actually do at a single moment of time. I will, however, say that there are tasks that can be done parallelly if the fact that they're done slower doesn't affect their quality or the time that it will take. For example, I have a very severe problem staying focused when I'm in a class or when someone else is talking. I don't know if if it's ADHD or something else. I just can't do that. I need to have something else. So most times I'm either on my phone or I'm on my laptop. And usually people come to me afterwards and say, hey, you're so rude. Like this person is talking to you and you're on your laptop? Seriously? Browsing your phone? Text messaging? Facebooking? This is not cool. And you know what I tell them? Unless I do that, I will fall asleep on this table. This is the only way for me 
to keep on listening. I know it about myself. I also know that there are plenty of other people whose ability to concentrate gets damaged if they do anything parallel to listening. So you need to know you. And this is Mm -hmm. the first step. If you know that there are tasks that you cannot do if there is no distractions, well, first of all, ask yourself, are you being honest? Because oftentimes we use distractions as a shield because writing or doing any task that requires this amount of concentration, this amount of focus and this amount of brain power is very intimidating because as long as I don't have enough time to invest in my writing, I don't need to write the book. And if I don't have the book, I don't need to find ways to publish it. I don't need to find to find ways to sell it. I don't need to explain to my family or my friends why I'm not making enough money from my book. I am deliberately preventing mm-hmm. myself from doing the things that might lead to really scary consequences. So if you can be honest with yourself and I mean really honest, ask yourself this, am I multitasking because I want to get more done or because I want to do things that I can later on tell myself, well, I didn't finish this chapter, but I help a whole lot of people on that forum on LinkedIn. Okay, let's take a very short break, hear our sponsor's message, and then get back to Julie and find out more details about Hacking Time. Did you know there's a new place to sell your audiobooks besides ACX and Audible? There is Buck Books. Authors, I know most of your audiobooks are sold exclusively through ACX, but on any new books you have, a one-day sales pit stop at Buck Books is a no-brainer. When your narrator finishes your audiobook, send us the files and we will feature it to tens of thousands of our active subscribers and growing for one day only. You get some great sales and the very next day you can upload it exclusively to ACX. This is a great way to help offset the cost of production on a new audiobook and start building a strong relationship with the world's hottest free book promotion service, Buck Books. Not sure how to go about getting your book made into an audiobook or having trouble deciding if audiobook production is right for you? With an audiobook team of 10 and the lowest production cost around, Buck Books is ready to help you finally add this lucrative format to your author portfolio and sell it too. For more information, send an email to john at buckbooks.net. That's john, J-O-H-N, at buckbooks.net. Okay, we're back to the show and Julie came up with a very interesting point. I mean, I, I never thought about this, but yeah, most probably subconsciously we we end up uh, avoiding uh, later on upcoming um, inconveniences and uh, maybe, um, you know, potential failures by just, you know, postponing, uh, making the book written and, and finalized most probably. Yeah, I, ne- I never kind of thought about this, but it's uh, it's very interesting idea, actually. More than that, when we do more things, there, it brings us to the I'm busy paradigm. People mm-hmm. always say that they're busy or when people email me, listeners of the Time Hackers podcast or readers of my blog or whoever else who found me online and emails me to ask a question or just to share something, they always start with a phrase, hey, Julie, I know you from blah, podcast, blog, whatever. I know you're very busy, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to everybody out there, I got to tell you, I really hate when you do that. Don't do that. I'm never busy. 
I am never ever busy. I am always doing what I think is the most important thing for right now. And if something that you are suggesting will be prioritized as more important than what I'm doing right now, I will drop it and I will go do this other thing. I am never too busy for anything because it's always my choice. Now, why do we like being busy? A, because we were raised to think that if mom and dad are busy, we can't disturb them, meaning this is our way to gain a little bit of quiet time. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. Don't interrupt. See? Yeah. So this is one. Two is because busy people are important people. I mean, you will never say about a guy or a girl who's sweeping the floors at a school that they're busy. You will never think twice about asking them something or, or pausing them or telling them something because you just don't think that they're busy enough. But if you see a broker, if you see a lawyer, if you see a doctor, they're busy. Yeah, they're important true. people. We want to be important people. So we always say, I'm busy. I'm so busy, I don't have time for writing. I'm so busy and important that I don't have time to meet my friends, to even spend dinner with my wife once a week. Well, you know what, honey? You might be really busy, but if you continue doing this shit, pretty soon you're going to be not married. Mm -hmm. So let's 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 bring things to to the real world, okay? Um, there's no such thing as busy. There is fulfilled. There is occupied. There is doing what I think is important and right. So when you tell me that you do more than one thing at once. And one of those things demands great focus and great concentration, such as writing. When you do other things in parallel, you do this because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. What does it mean? If you sit down and do only writing or only creating email sequence for your readers or doing something for your list or building a product or whatever it is that you're doing and you're doing only this... If by the end of the day, you are not at a point where you're satisfied with the results of that. And most of the times, if this is something that you do for the first time or even for the third time, you don't have enough experience. You don't even know if you can or cannot be satisfied with the results. So most probably, you either won't know or you will be disappointed. And in order for you to block yourself from feeling depressed that you didn't reach what you wanted with that thing, you do a bunch of other things. So you can tell yourself later, yeah, I didn't finish the chapter or I didn't do my sales page or I didn't do whatever it is that I plan to, but I helped some people on Facebook. I found an interesting and read an interesting article about uh, Instagram uh, marketing on a blog. I found a new program. I registered for a new email course. Yeah, I was busy. All in all, all in all, it was a productive day. Yes, mm -hmm. but if only one of the things that you did, and this is writing or creating a product or whatever, was on your to-do list, everything else that you did that wasn't on your to-do list is just noise. It's just distractions. Even though It's not necessarily Facebook or your friends on or phone calls. These are distractions because you did not prioritize it as something that you need to be doing. Okay, and uh, let's let's find out. Um, you mentioned. I mean, we spoke about writing, and when you allocate those 30 minutes, you have to be distraction 
free and you just do what you're supposed to do. And then you also mentioned that if you receive an email saying that, you know, they know that you're busy, but and if it's uh, something that you find important, you may stop doing what you're doing and jump to that thing. So I was wondering how one can understand um, how flexible he can be at that certain moment. Well, it's pretty easy. When you start being getting more productive, when you start finding out your limits and what works for you, you have absolutely zero flexibility. You plan your day and you stick with a plan. And whatever happens, yes, life will will happen, shit will hit the fan. This is how life goes. And with time, you will learn how to take anything that life throws your way and turn lemons to lemonade. This happens only with practice. And once you have this practice and once you know and are familiar with yourself and your habits for long enough, you will be able to decide that. For example, I know that I love talking to my subscribers. I love talking to them. I love them, every single one of them. So I know that if I see an email from a subscriber in my inbox, I will drop everything and will run to answer them. However, I also know that I have a dedicated 45 minutes for interaction. Interaction in my Facebook group, interaction via email, via Twitter, via any social media. I have that built in in my calendar every single day. So I know that either I don't check my inbox Mm -hmm. unless outside of that time frame or I check it and I am not allowed to open the email. I can see what's there. I can mm-hmm. archive it, I can I can put a label on it, but I cannot open it, I cannot read it, I cannot respond to it. That's it. Because So I know myself well enough to understand that this is the situation. I also know that there are clients that email me. Some of them have a big presentation, a big project, something that they're working to, up towards, and they might have an emergency. Well, they have my Skype. So I know that if I see something in my inbox from them, I don't need to open it before my email time begins because if it was urgent, they would call me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So I don't allow my, I know which are the things that for me are the time sucks and I don't allow them to enter my working time. This is one thing. Another thing, how you know that you can be flexible, you can decide when you write your three lists of clarity and you decide what are the things that you are your commitments projects or chores or whatever, and you decide what are the things that you wish you had time for, which basically means that from now on you will make time for, even if not as much time as you wished for, but it's better better than nothing. Mm-hmm. If there is something that you receive that is on one of those lists and is prioritized pretty high, so if, for example, uh, there's something that is time-sensitive, For example, if you always wanted to be more productive and suddenly you receive an email from me telling you, you know what, I already closed the doors to my training that will make you twice as productive as you are right now, but I'm reopening it. Well, I don't actually do that because I don't believe in breaking my word, but I know that many others do that. And you receive it and I tell you, you have 24 hours to do that. It's okay if this is on the top of your priorities to be more productive and up till now, you didn't know how to do it. It's okay for you to leave what it is you're doing right now. Go read my email, understand what the heck I'm talking about and make a decision or decide that you are allocating time to when you will read this email uh, in depth and make a decision. 
that's okay. But if I'm sending you an email about a course that I'm opening and becoming more productive is not your high priority, hell, you can spam me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And we, we, I mean, you mentioned several times about knowing yourself and understanding uh, what works best for you. So does it mean that there is no, I mean, are there any universal like common things that work for everyone or it all has to be modified and adjusted to your personality and what works for you? It's like talking about one size in clothes. Yes, one size fits most. There are things that work for most people. For example, not multitasking. Again, Mm -hmm. there are certain tasks that don't fit in this classifications. There are people, I know a person who cannot concentrate for more than 20 minutes at a time. He needs to juggle several products. He needs to do 20 minutes of project A, 20 minutes of project B, 20 minutes of project C, and over again every single hour. This is how he gets the best results. So yes, there are things that are um, commonly known as productivity hacks. For example, creating a certain morning routine that will help you get in the mood of productivity and get going. Mm -hmm. But what you put in this routine... What are the things that make you feel energetic and ready for the day? This is up to you. Mm-hmm. And and yes, yes, most people know that uh, waking up earlier is better because then by 9 a.m. you have already done most of the things that you wanted to do uh, because A, there were almost no interruptions and B, well, because you started earlier. So 9 a.m., which usually is just the beginning of the day. Haha, I've done already so much of my to-do list. I can feel good about myself. I have an early win, which fuels me for the rest of the day. This is correct. This is beautiful. But I have to tell you that if anyone in the world would tell me that I have to wake up at 5 a.m., I would clock them. (laughs) There is no way that I'm going to do it because I know that for me, waking up after the sun is up is more important than being productive by nine. I don't mind being productive by 12. Uh-huh. There okay. are, and I know a lot of people who say that this changed their lives. Many people say that they never thought that it would be able to wake up at 5 a.m. They started doing it. They tried it out and it, it they found that this is their salvation. I tried it out and I was miserable for two months. So you need to know yourself. Okay, yeah. And so so you give space for experimenting until you really find out what is best for you. Well, much like we said in the beginning, every single day you get 24 hours as a present. Do with them whatever you choose. But but I do want to put a little side note here. It doesn't mean that if you tried something today and you are not sure if it worked or you think that it completely failed you, it doesn't mean that you need to try something new the next day. Sometimes things take time. Habits, some habits you want to change and changing habits takes 28 up to 32 days straight. And if you stop in the middle, the counter goes to zero and you need to start all over again. So I'm not telling you try everything for a month, but the things that you try, try to understand if you're trying to change something in your core, in the core of your lifestyle, If so, why? Is this really something that you want? And do you have to change your lifestyle in order to do that? And if the answer is yes, I do. And yes, I want. Then you need to give it time. 
Mm-hmm. I see. And do you try one th- new thing at a time or uh, to see if that thing worked? Or how is it? Let's say I, I want to start uh, and try out uh, a new way of doing things and, you know, a, a new schedule for the day. Do I put in like, do I change many things at once or I just have to stick to one new thing at a time? It depends on <clears throat> which changes you are uh, in- inserting and it depends on which type of person you are. For example, um, there are people who are black and white. Either you do or you don't. And there is no gray in the middle. So if they want to create a change, they need to go cold turkey. Like there are people who cannot quit smoking unless they do it cold turkey. They need to quit it. They don't need to see any more cigarettes in their house. That's it. And mm-hmm. this is the only way that they can quit. Other people need to reduce it slowly, step by step. So try to think of your past and try to think when you had to make changes, when life forced you to make changes. Was it easier for you to do it gradually or was it easier for you to go cold turkey? If you're a cold turkey type of person, do it all at once. If you see that it doesn't work for you for like a week, if you feel miserable, choose two, three, four key things that you're willing to stick with, the ones that make you the least miserable. Stick with them for a week or two. See how it goes. If you feel good, awesome. Add one or two more and build it up until you are there. If you know that you're a gradual type of person, start with one or two things. Don't overwhelm yourself. If you feel that it's kind of too easy, like with, um, you know, exactly like with exercising. If you start mm-hmm. with five crunches and it's too hard, then you go to four. If you start with five crunches and you feel that it's too easy, you go to seven. You work with it. You see how you feel. You constantly measure it. If you see that it's too easy for you, if you see that you're getting bored, then you don't see wins, which is a very important thing. Whenever you change anything, you need to have early wins. Otherwise, your brain will not give you the hormones that it needs to give in order for you to be able to stick with it because human have absolutely zero of willpower. It's sheer Mm -hmm. hormones. So if you see that it's too mellow for you, it's too mild, add up things. Add things that you will see the difference, that you will be able to see the results of what you're doing. Because if you can't see results, if you can't have an early win, you will not stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to keep going when you don't see results. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so um, let's say one gets, um, one knows himself well and, you know, he tries things and it starts you know, working and he he kind of gets experience in this uh, time hacking thing and, you know, um, things work well. Um, is it something that um, you you end up mastering and it becomes part of your lifestyle or it's something you have to work on all the time and it feels like you're working on it or how does it feel? I mean, now once you've, you've come to that stage when I, I suppose, you know, you're mastering it yourself, how, how, how is it at that stage? Well, it's kind of like driving. Uh, at first, you need to pay a lot more attention to what you're doing with your legs, with your arms, make sure that you're in the right speed limit and you're in the right lane and everything else. The more you do it, the more you practice it, it becomes kind of a part of you. And at some points, you will there will become a time that you will reach that you have gone through an entire week and it was 
very productive like you finished everything that you wanted to do but you can't even remember how you got here it it at some point it becomes like a second nature and you just start seeing what will work best for you how you need to prioritize it what's the most important thing at some point when you look at a to-do list like if right now you look at a to-do list and you have 20 items on it and you see 20 items and maybe there are two or three or four or five that are a bit seem a bit more important than others, but they're important as well. Once you reach that level, when you look at this to-do list, you will see only one thing that's really important and needs to get done. It becomes at some point it becomes second nature. There are people, by the way, who constantly change uh, their time hacking. I'm one of them. I constantly change how I operate. A, because it's interesting to me. It's my profession. This is how I learn more. And B, because we grow up and we change and our preference change. Our sleeping habits change. Our health habits change. Everything changes. So everything around it needs to change as well. But because this is already a part of my routine, this is something that I do subconsciously. I just find myself at some point that... Last month, I was really hard on Pomodoro, and today I don't use it at all, but I'm all for the Chronodex. But it's not something that I, you know, stopped one day and told myself, okay, no more Pomodoro, now you're only doing Chronodex. No, it didn't happen this way. I happened to watch a video, I happened to try it for a day, I got excited, tried it for a week, I saw that it works better, and I just flew with it. Well, if someone would like to get some additional assistance, because it seems like uh, it may be a bit hard to do it all by themselves. Uh, tell us what you offer and how you could help people and where they could find you. Well, everything that I offer is over at imjulie.com. So whenever, whenever you find that this is the right time for you to get more productive and to reach more success, you can head over there and see everything I'm offering. Right now, I believe that the absolute best way to find what works for you without too much wonder, without the agony of not knowing if you're choosing right or not is either to have a brainstorming session with me or to have a full-on coaching program. It's up to you. Both programs are there. I'm not going to mention them anymore because there are really more important things that we can talk about and squeeze a few more tips here. I will say that if you find that working one-on-one -on -one is not for you, you can head over to time-saving tools that I have on the same page on imjulie.com and you have quite a lot of ebooks, guides, and things that I offer completely for free to people. It will help you gain clarity, maintain focus, learn how to prioritize. Um, there are pretty cool things there. So if you find that working one-on-one -on -one is not for you, you can go there. Um, yeah, this is, this is it. And you have a podcast too, right? Well, yes, I have a podcast, but they can listen and find it over at imjulie.com, so I didn't mention it. But yes, I, I have two podcasts, The Time Hackers and The Time Hackers Hero Edition. Uh, time Hackers is really short, two episodes per week, where I talk about time hacks. Every week we have two new time hacks that I introduce to you and tell you all about how you can achieve it in your life. And Time Hackers Hero Edition is where I interview awesome entrepreneurs who are uber productive and uber successful and they share their hacks with you so you can learn from the best. 
Yeah, I think it's awesome to have just one place where you can get all the tips and tricks and you can use those and experiment and try things out. Yes, and uh, folks at home, don't be afraid to experiment with things. Don't be afraid to try something and fail because unless you try, you will never know which direction to go. If you never go the wrong direction, how will you ever know which one is the right one, you know? Yeah, exactly, because I don't think there is such thing as absolute failure. And with every single experience, every single experiment, we end up learning new things, gaining experience and finding out what works and what not. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And thanks for the interview, which I'm sure brings in a lot of value. And now we already know where we can get more and how people can find you. Thank you so much for having me here. I had a blast being on the show. Uh, it's actually been one of my goals to be on the Right to be Read podcast. So now I can tick it off my wish list. Um, so thank you for that. And to all the listeners out there, If you have just a question and you just want to figure out something, please feel more than free to just email me to jnmjulie.com. I always answer, not always on the same day, but I always answer everybody. And you'll get new emails from a new audience as well. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Well, it seems like that was it for today. I hope that you've got many useful tips and tricks about your time management and now you have the vision of how you can make time for your writing. And as always, I would really appreciate if you took a minute and subscribed to my podcast on iTunes and left a short review, which will help the podcast grow and find more listeners. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a nice day and make sure you've got that 30 minutes for writing. Take care. Are you struggling trying to figure out how to sell copies of your book? Especially the first 100 copies? The Author Marketing Institute is offering access to their latest free video course called Selling the First 100 Copies of Your Book. This is the course everyone should have when they started publishing. It goes through all the basics from starting a mailing list to experimenting with different prices. If you follow the instructions in this course, you should be primed and ready to sell your first 100 copies, if not many more. Sign up for free at www.authormarketinginstitute.com.